0: Welcome to Turning Point. While there are many signs pointing to the end times and the return of Christ, perhaps the clearest are found in the arena of economics. Today, Dr. David Jeremiah shares the first of five economic signs that align with Bible prophecy and confirm that these are indeed the last days. From the series, Signs, here's David to introduce his message, Financial Signs of the End Times. Did you know the Bible tells us some things about
1: um, finances that play into the end-time scenario? Yes, it does. And today we're going to talk about those things, financial signs of the end-time. What will it be like just before Jesus returns on this earth? And how close are we to being there right now? We'll talk about that and much more as we discuss this chapter from the Book of Signs The Financial Signs of the End Times. The Book of Signs is our resource for the month of March. Um, It's a guide to biblical prophecy, uh, written in a way that you will really be intrigued by, because every chapter is a message in itself, and yet it all fits together. And every chapter is written like an article you would read in a magazine or in a newspaper. It's not a sermon, although there's sermonic uh, aspects to it. We've written this with... uh, Key stories and illustrations, contemporary applications. We want you to understand what the Scripture says, because we know when you do, it will make a difference in your life. So when you send a gift to Turning Point during this month, this month of March, be sure and ask for your copy of The Book of Signs. It's 463 pages of information to help you, information to share with others, information from God about what's going to happen next. It's our way of saying thank you, and I hope you'll give us the opportunity. Well, let's open the book, open our Bibles, open our hearts. Let's talk about financial signs of the end times. Looking into the Bible, we are learning that prophecy can help us probe into the future and evaluate where we happen to be today. Peter tells us that this is the role that Bible prophecy should play during these days as we await for the Lord. 2 Peter 1.19 says this, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. While it is true that we cannot know the exact timing and the minute details of future events, we can, by reading the Bible, know what the general world order will look like nearer the time when the tribulation period begins. We can discern developments today that are fulfilling a rapid progression towards that prophesied time. Unlike the rapture, which is signless the tribulation period is not and observers should surely be able to recognize its forerunning developments nothing needs to happen before the lord comes back to take us to heaven there are no signs that have to be fulfilled yet we can know even about the rapture that it's drawing near because since the rapture begins right before the tribulation and we see the signs of the tribulation growing closer what does that say about the Lord's return it says it's time for us to lift up our heads because our redemption is drawing nigh now if we are indeed heading into the time of Christ's coming then surely if I say to you I believe that Jesus is going to come in my lifetime certain things ought to be true on this earth that are unusually connected with the prophecies concerning the future if we are moving toward a one-world economic system then what should we be looking for as we watch the developments in the story of what is happening on earth today I want to show you five financial signs that will signal the end times and the coming of Christ to take his church to heaven and all five of these signs are more than observable in our world today first of all the proliferation of global technology we have read from the 13th chapter of the book of revelation the scripture that tells us about the coming of the antichrist and the false prophet and the mark of the beast but i want to read these verses again revelation thirteen sixteen through 17 says and he The false prophet, the Antichrist, causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark, the name of the beast or the number of the name. When the false prophet requires the worshipers of the Antichrist to be permanently marked in order to buy or sell to carry on commercial trade it will be necessary at that time for there to be some way of controlling and monitoring the response of those who take the mark up until the last decade that might have seemed like something out of a science fiction book but today it is no longer a stretch of one's imagination to see a system in place that could monitor and control the conduct of the citizens of the world. One part of the future picture that has been developing rapidly before our very eyes is what we know as a cashless society. Worldwide commerce would demand this, And there is absolutely no doubt that a world government for the first time in history would have the ability to build and recall in nanoseconds the complete vital statistics and life record of every citizen in the world if we want to have world currency or a cashless society it would be possible to monitor and control all the wealth other than primitive barter transactions With existing technology, it would be simple to limit the types of purchases that certain people would be permitted to make or to prohibit all purchases. Never before has our world known a time when the words of the book of Revelation could be literally fulfilled. Now, if you have flown on some of the national airlines recently, you've already encountered the cashless cabin. (laughs) where any food or drink or purchases are made on board only electronically. How they can charge anything for that, I don't know. (laughs) Because it's always so bad. For a number of years, the banking systems of this country have been inundated with a mass of paper, both from checks and from credit card expenditures. But in 1996, checks and cash represented almost 80% of consumer payments. Now they're less than half. And by 2010, experts tell us electronic payments will exceed 70% of the total transactions that are done through the banks of the world. The collection and centralization of information under one central control is in the process. And I say that point out to you that prophetic events cast their shadows before them. As we see these things which are prophesied for the tribulation period beginning to take shape right now, we are aware of the fact that surely the Lord's return is not far off. And let me add this little addendum. We are talking a great deal among ourselves at Turning Point and in other places about the fact that we believe that the last wave of worldwide preaching of the gospel will not necessarily be on television, but it will be done through the cell phone. Cell phones are proliferated all over the world, and now they act almost like radios, and we believe that has global potential, especially as we watch what is happening technologically in this world. So if it is true that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to give a mark to everyone who bows down and worships the image, They will easily be able to control that because we're moving toward a worldwide global hookup of the network that will put everybody together and it will be easy to control. Sign number one, the proliferation of global technology. Number two, the polarization of prosperity and poverty. The gap between the rich and the poor getting wider and wider And the bible says that's what will happen and it will be fully realized in the tribulation i want to read with you from revelation chapter 6 verses 5 and 6 if you have your bibles it would be good for you to turn there revelation chapter 6 verses 5 and 6. now before we read this let me remind you if you know the book of revelation it's about the tribulation period primarily from 6 to 19 chapter 6 to 19 it's all about the tribulation And the tribulation is organized in the book of Revelation around three symbols. Through the symbol of trumpets, through the symbol of bowls, and through the symbol of seals. I don't have time to explain all of this, but the seals come first, then the trumpets, and then the bowls or the vials. And all of these are pictures of judgments that are going to happen on the earth during the tribulation. And the judgments get progressively more intense and more heinous. Well, this is the third seal so it's early in the tribulation and here's what it says when he opened the third seal I heard The third living creature say come and see so I looked and behold a black horse and he who sat on it had a pair of Scales in his hands and I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of wheat for a denarius And three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine this is a picture of worldwide famine this is an event that takes place early in the tribulation period john sees this as a time when millions will be starving while at the same time many others will be living in the lap of luxury the poor will get poorer and the rich will get richer now if you read this carefully you see it says that when a person went to buy wheat he would have to pay a denarius for a quart of wheat Now in that particular time, a denarius was one day's labor's salary. That was his payment for working one day. So get this. He could buy a quart of wheat with his entire paycheck for one day. If he wanted to go to a cheaper grain, he could buy barley. He could buy three quarts of barley for a denarius. But notice, he would have enough maybe for one loaf of bread not enough to feed a large family, and after that he has no money left for anything at all. He is totally, just barely existing. This is a terrible time of famine. To put it in ordinary language, the situation would be such that one would have to spend a day's wages for a loaf of bread, and there would be no money left for anything else for himself or his family. Now, Revelation makes it clear that the economic collapse and famine that breaks out during the first half of the tribulation will not be universal. One group of people will be exempt from this horror. As the masses endure runaway inflation and lower quality food, the super wealthy will enjoy a temporary reprieve from this time of judgment. At the end of verse 6 we read, do not damage the oil or the wine. This means that while the basic staples of life are being decimated, The oil and wine will go untouched. Food will be so expensive that only the very wealthy will have enough. Famine will relentlessly hammer the middle and the lower classes until the middle class totally disappears. The vast majority of people will wallow in misery, but the rich will continue to bask in the comfort of their luxurious lifestyles. The world will be radically divided among the elite haves and the mass of the have-nots. This will make the suffering of the have nots even more unbearable as they watch the privileged few indulge themselves in luxury. The Pew Research Center reported that the leading story in the news hole, or topics covered on television news airtime, was dedicated to the economy. Now, watch carefully. More airtime was spent on the economy than was spent on H1N1 flu and vaccine shortages. The time distribution between the economy, and the swine flu was four to one four times as much time spent on the economy now the story that was driving the economic coverage was the furor over the unfair distribution of wealth in the current financial crisis in particular, as summed up by cbs's chip reed for the titans of wall street it's like the recession never happened less than a year after the big banks helped cause the financial meltdown They're on track to pay out a record $144 billion in bonuses. Additionally, news of the average $400,000 in personal perks for these executives led the government to respond to the uproar by ordering compensation packages at rescued firms to be cut back drastically. And however much we may feel, this financial crisis has touched us in this country. They are not comparable to the financial pain of the rest of the world. In 2006, the United Nations published the results of the first ever comprehensive study of the distribution of the world's wealth among the households of the world. Now, according to the study, wealth is the measure of income, assets, debts, land, and other tangible assets. Data was gathered from more than 38 countries. The report showed the following. More than 33% of the world's wealthy live in North America. 27% live in Japan, 6% in the UK, 5% in France, and half the world's adult population own barely 1% of global wealth. The United States of America, certainly not the most populous nation in the world, controls and owns 33% of all the wealth in all of the world. Now this is in line with what the Bible says. And just so you don't think I'm heading in the direction of some modern politicians here, let me add that while the top 10% of the U.S. population owns 71% of our wealth, the bottom 40% of the population owns less than 1%. What are we seeing here? A huge polarization of wealth, the poor and the prosperous, with a measurable gap in between that is growing wider and wider every day. Now, this is in line with another passage of Scripture in the book of James. James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, is a very interesting portion of Scripture that has something to do with the last days. It actually says so in the text. Here's what it says. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh." like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields which you kept back by fraud cry out and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just and he does not resist you. The passage speaks of huge wealth inequalities. In the last days and it is in line with what is happening in our world today we are seeing this gradually take place as we move toward it's almost like this event which is prophesied for happening in the tribulation is pulling us after it right into the actual fulfillment of the thing itself according to the first global wealth survey ever taken in 2006 The top 2% of the world's population owns 51% of household wealth, and the top 1% owns 40% of the world's household wealth. poor get poorer, and the rich get richer, just as the Bible says. And are we there, folks? If we aren't, we're awful close. (laughs) The proliferation of global technology, the polarization of prosperity and poverty, and now the priority of oil and the Middle East. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one because when I was teaching what in the world is going on, I did a whole chapter on this, a whole message on it. But it's important enough for us to see it because it is one of these financial signs that is pulling us toward the tribulation. It comes from Ezekiel chapter 38, verses 10 through 12. Ezekiel's prophecy. Thus says the Lord God, On that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people and dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take plunder and to take booty, (laughs) to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Now, this is a prophecy About the war which is referred to as the Gog and Magog war it is scheduled for times just ahead Some think this war might take place before the rapture personally. I believe it will take place right after the rapture in the early days of the tribulation Once again either way the war could take place within the next five years if we believe jesus is coming in our lifetime this Gog Magog assault in the middle east toward Israel is the result, we are told, of an evil thought that is put into the mind of the leader of a coalition army made up of many nations. And they're going to march on Israel and do war against Israel. If God hadn't intervened, the whole nation of Israel would be totally destroyed. There was no help for Israel. There was no one to stand with them. And it looked as if it was over and God miraculously intervened at the last moment. But what this teaches us, ladies and gentlemen, is that it's becoming clear to those who study prophecy that the evil thought has to do with the great spoil mentioned several times in the Gog Magog passages. What is the evil thought? Well, in the Middle East, it's oil. What does the Middle East have that the whole world needs? It is in the Middle East where the planet was the most lush. It is the place where the Garden of Eden was placed. If oil is, as most scientists believe, primarily decayed vegetation and animal matter that is decomposed, then this is the area where we might expect the greatest deposits of the substance we call oil. I have a wonderful friend who writes for our magazine at Turning Point, he's a pastor in Nashville, very wonderful student of the Word of God, one of the most well-read men I know. His name is Robert Morgan, and he told me that once he flew into New Orleans and the man who met him at the airport was a geophysicist for a major oil company. Driving to the hotel, he explained to Robert that oil deposits result from the decomposition of plant and animal life now buried by eons of time. He said oil is found all over the world, even under the ice of the Arctic and the Antarctic. That means forests and abundant vegetation once covered the world until destroyed in a vast global cataclysm, such as a worldwide flood. The geophysicist went on to say that the earth's richest, deepest, and largest deposits of petroleum lie under the sands of countries just to the east of Israel in the location pinpointed in the Bible as the Garden of Eden. Eden was a teeming expanse of forest and foliage and gardens with rich fertility, unparalleled in human history. Barren sand and blazing desert now exist where once grew a garden flourishing with dense lush flora, the likes of which the world has never seen since. It was destroyed in some disastrous upheaval and has decayed into the largest deposits of oil in all of the world. And my friend Robert Morgan said, I never before imagined that the gasoline I pump into my car might be the ruined vegetation of the Garden of Eden. (laughs) Isn't it ironic to think that Satan may finance the Battle of Armageddon at the end of human history with revenues generated from the garden he spoiled at the beginning of human history? (laughs) Wow. How much of a stretch is it to believe that the forces of Gog and Magog would one day consider the region of Israel and the Middle East a target for evasion. The Bible says it's going to happen, but we now can not understand why. Carrying this logic to its prophetic conclusion, is it any wonder that Armageddon, involving almost every nation of the earth, will take place in the very region we know as the Middle East, doing battle for the great spoil, the booty, the liquid black gold that lies beneath the sand of the Middle East. Isn't it interesting that uh, oil sort of went away as an issue for a while, and now it's right back in the headlines again. The cost of gasoline, uh, the, the pipeline between Russia and Germany, the shutting down of all of the oil pipelines here in America. Yes, um, the commodity of oil is here to stay. It's a topic that uh, won't go away. We'll have part two of Financial Signs of the End Times when we get together on Monday. You know, every month uh, during the regular uh, Turning Point season, we have a study guide for the month because almost all of our series are built around monthly series. But this particular series, because of the length of this book and the incredible amount of information, is three months. It's March, April, and May. So... You shouldn't be surprised to know there are three study guides, volumes one, two, and three of the Signs book. And you can get each of these or all of them, and you'll be able to follow through for the next uh, part of this month and the next two months. And you'll have all the information that goes along with the book and helps you to do all the extra things that the study guides enable you to do. If you'd like to know more information about the study guides and the CD packages that go with them, if you want to order any of this, Go to davidjeremiah.org. There you will see and uh, be able to follow the instructions for getting this material sent to your home. And then don't forget, uh, we want you to have this book. It's yours for a gift of any size during this month. It is probably, well, it is without question the largest, longest, biggest, most robust book we have ever made available to our listening audience. This is the month for you to get your copy. It's yours for the asking when you send a gift to Turning Point today. We'll see you next time right here on Turning Point.
0: For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's informative book, The Book of Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International and New King James Versions, available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the prophetic series, Signs, right here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah.
1: The book of Revelation is filled with mystery, prophecy, and numbers. In fact, the number 7 is mentioned 54 times. Dr. David Jeremiah helps us understand these 7s in the Revelation 7 Study Handbook and 7 Praises Bookmark, yours this month for a gift of any amount. And when you give a gift of $60 or more, you'll gain a clearer understanding with the 7 Churches of Revelation study set, which includes a CD or DVD album and study guide. Go to davidjeremiah.ca to learn more. The great leader of the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, said that he never worked better than when he was angry. For then he said, my whole temperament is quickened, my understanding sharpened, and all mundane vexations and temptations depart. Now, Luther wasn't talking about self-centered, sinful anger. He was talking about righteous indignation inspired by a passion for God's righteousness to be established. To be sinfully angry requires a passion for self, But to be righteously angry requires a passion for God. The next time you feel angry, ask yourself, Is this about me or is this about God? Passion for God is always the goal. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover a passion for God on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.